All right. Hey, <laughs> welcome, Robert. Hey, welcome. If you don't know Robert, let me introduce Robert to you guys. Uh, some of you might not know him. Others, you know who he is. Uh, Robert and Lori, his family, were one of the original launch team members that helped us start the Grove. And one of the things that we do at the Grove, we, we, uh, it's a team effort. And so what we do is we try to get the people with the right giftings in the right spots. Um, and we try to model this. And so it's not built around one person. It's built around a team. And so one of the things Robert's gifted in is teaching. And so from the very beginning, um, he was one of the teaching pastors when we started the Grove. And then unfortunately had to move to this state called Texas, which yeah. is oh, man. a bummer that he moved left. But for good reasons, for good reasons. And we miss them. Um, but, but every now and then we'll bring him back. He'll share. He'll speak. And, and in the past, we would do tag team messages, especially when we do a series together. We'd end it with a tag team or just have a good time just uh, sharing together. And so he's in town riding for Bike for Light. And so I invited him to, to speak. And one of the reasons is because I think it's going to be very appropriate. You'll see as we talk about uh, just the, the series we're going to build for this next month. So the next four weeks, I would encourage you, um, plan to be here. I think it's going to inspire you and help you for whatever season you're in, wherever you find yourself at when it comes to work. This is going to hopefully be able to, uh, we know it's going to inspire you and help you to, to maybe see it a little differently than you've seen it in the past, uh, which is a good thing. If, if our workplaces can get better and can improve, uh, having you guys know that's a good thing, right? And so we want to be a part of that process. And so, um, right. so I've invited Robert. So uh, before we jump into the message, I want to say welcome to all those tuning in online. Thanks for watching or listening. And we were praying for you this week as you uh, listen in, and uh, we're glad you're with us. Um, but let's talk about Made for Mondays. And um, one, of the, one of the things that is so important to talk about is, is this, is that we'll spend the majority of our adult lives working. Right? That, the majority of our lives that we'll spend in big chunks of time will be at a workplace uh, for the majority of us for our adult lives. And so why not talk about something that, that's so important and so um, massive to our life uh, to be able to help us address this, to be able to figure out exactly what this would look like if we saw this correctly. Because I think a lot, a lot of times what happens is we see it incorrectly. I know in, in, as I look back over the different um, seasons of work uh, for the different bosses, the different roles, responsibilities I had, um, there was these moments where in the middle of it, you know, there might be a, a heated argument, there might be a, a misunderstanding, or there might be a really hard project. Um, um, you can maybe even relate to this as, as maybe growing up, you know, there's that, that breakup with that, that, that school uh, sweetheart, you know, and you thought in those moments, we think, man, it's over, like my life is done, like it's never going to be the same. And then 20, 30 years as you look back, you think, wow, that really wasn't that significant. And sometimes there's the moments there are significant. They happen, and we should be aware of those. But a lot of times the things that we make a lot of a big deal about sometimes turn out to be not really that significant. In fact, we look back and we think, thank you, God, so much for letting that girl break my heart, right? Or that guy break my heart. Because <laughs> you look back and you're like, that was, whew, you saved I'm me from. I'm glad that didn't work out, I'm glad right? glad didn't work out. Yeah. So, so when it comes to Mondays, in fact, um, one of our team members, he sent me, he sent me a couple of things. He says, he says, I think Mondays were invented to punish us all for the fun we had on the weekend. <laughs> that's, he's like, I think that's how people see Mondays sometimes. And he said, if Monday had a face, I would punch it. <laughs> I think that was great. Because we view Mondays like that a lot, a lot of times in culture. In fact, um, let's show some stats. You want to talk about the stats? Tell us about the... So there's some stats we have. Thirteen uh, percent of people feel good about their job. Thirteen percent feel good and passionate about their job. They love their job. Sixty-three percent are unhappy with their job. That's not good, right? Sixty-three percent unhappy with their job. And then 24 percent of the people actually hate their job so much that they're sabotaging their their uh, co-workers, the employees, backbiting, backstabbing, all of that stuff, a quarter. That's a quarter 
of the workforce. Yeah, so if, if this is an average room, right, that we're in right now, if we were an average just to take the demographic of this, then a quarter of us might actually say, I hate my job to the point of um, being uh, subversive and, and, and sabotaging other employees or coworkers or bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good thing, mm-hmm. especially if you're in this room and you would say, I'm, I'm following Christ. That's a really bad thing because you're ruining your witness, right? Uh, but for the most part, we would say that's not a good stat. Um, that, that a quarter of us, and if you look at the other one, 60, what, 63%? 63%. Say they don't even enjoy their job. Like yeah. that. They're on autopilot. They're just kind of going through the motions. They don't even enjoy what they're doing. So you put those two together, and that, that is the majority of people say, I really don't like my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is why it's important to talk what we're about to talk about. Uh, and now the 13%, if you're in that 13%, man, that's awesome. I think this series will help you be even uh, – to, to see how you could even use your job at a greater level. Right. And it's not just, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about employment type job thing, but really it's any, any job like the mom job or the student job. Maybe you students don't think about your thing as a job. Some of you probably do because it's work, right? So they, do you have that aspect as well? Yeah. And sometimes work is work. We get that. There's there's moments of our job that it just feels like work, and mm-hmm. uh, we have to learn to get through those parts because that's important. Um, but this what we're talking about is what are the what does it look like to be able to figure out how to um, get to, get into a, to see our role as something larger, something different uh, than what we see it a lot of times. Um, and so if we look at those stats, I would say in this room, like what what are you? Um, how, how, what do you fall in that in that category? Um, now. This whole series, I think you could ignore it, and you don't want to change. If you want to be the average uh, person, you can continue being the average person. You can continue to, to see work the way you've seen it for however long you've seen it if you fall in those two lower categories. Um, and you keep going. You don't have to listen to us at all. But if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, maybe I should lean in a little bit here because what you what we say might actually give you some uh, some tools and some resources to be able to say, all right, what would it look like if instead of dreading Mondays and wanting to punch Mondays in the face – I went in seeing Mondays a little differently. Um, and like he said, any role. It's not just the job where you get paid for it. It could be a job that you volunteer at. It could be uh, like one of the most important roles that we have as, as parents, right, uh, to parent our kids. That's a huge job that, that, that we have. And what would it look like if we saw that a little differently and raised up the next generation to see it differently? Right, because it's, it's Monday morning getting the kids ready. It's Monday morning getting ready to go to school and deal with the classes and all of that stuff. It's all of it. This, these, the tools we're going to talk about apply to it all. Yeah. Well, give us – we were talking about his, his – um, give us a little bit of what you do. Right. And then uh, okay. we talked about – I asked him some questions like what – looking back in your career, like what were those moments where you saw – that was such a big deal then, but I look back oh, and it really wasn't – Maybe that big of a deal, or I missed opportunities. Uh, so tell us what you do, and sure. and sure. So I work for a company here in Santa Fe. Um, I've worked for the company for 23 years, and uh, I I am now an IT manager. I was a software developer, and uh, and it, it's like I've had now that I'm like 23. That concept of thinking along is more prevalent because I'm 52, <laughs> but. In the moment, I certainly had several moments where, you know, I had, I've had the bad boss where you're just wondering, like, I, I got to look for work elsewhere. This is horrible. The situation is horrible. Everything looks horrible. And it, it really, we had several situations early on that just seemed like they're going to careen this company off a cliff. You know, I need to get out right now, you know, and that type of situation. So, you know, I've lived through quite, quite a few of those. Like that, so. Yeah. What about the bad manager? You had a bad manager. I had a bad manager. Yeah, I had this situation where um, 
I had a fantastic manager, and, and, and then he re- resigned from manager. They replaced him with three people, and one of those was, became our manager. And um, she, in my opinion, it, actually our, my entire group, she was terrible. How many of you have had a bad boss before? Like they just, they don't get it, right? Everything you're trying to do, everything you've been doing, how it works here, right? And they, they come in with new ideas, new kind we're going to change this place. And you're like, we're successful currently. Uh, you know, you have that situation. And, and it, was, it, was, it was bad. And I was thinking, I, I need to look for work elsewhere. Because she was, in my opinion, she was terrible yeah. as a manager. And we'll circle around and come back to that, to what that looked like looking backwards from it. Uh, but here was when it, when it comes to um, what we're talking about. Let's read. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures where uh, where God is helping us to begin to see things a little differently than we see. In fact, in Romans, Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he's saying he says this. He says, "Here's what I want you to do." This is Romans 12. Uh, Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. That's your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. So Paul's saying everything you do. Why don't you begin to look at this a little differently? So instead of just thinking like this is segments of your life, different compartments, like everything you do, why don't you take this? He says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And then he goes on and says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out and then readily recognize what he wants wants from you and quickly respond to it. And he goes on and says this, unlike the culture around you, it's always dragging you down to its own level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity mm-hmm. in you. Because mm-hmm. there's a tendency right. in the workplace and in culture and wherever we find ourselves that we begin to maybe uh, take on some of the same um, emotions, the same uh, outlook as our coworkers, as right. our, our bosses, our manager. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. And in that situation I was talking about with, you know, who we felt was she was a terrible manager. I mean, we all felt that way. There was a lot of conversation. I mean, nothing godly at all in that, in that entire situation. And, and what we read here in Paul, what Paul's saying here in the scriptures, and, and this is where I, I think I really missed it, Eric, is that, because we've all had that situation where we've had a bad boss or difficult person to work with. I failed to see her as a person. I failed to see her as somebody that maybe God would want me to influence for Christ. And I, my approach was, was not at all correct. And, and when we talk about making Mondays better, we're really talking about shifting that mindset that, you know that those folks that go to like closed countries um, to teach English, but they're not really there to teach English. They're there to, to, to minister and to reach people for Christ, but they can't do that openly. So they go under the guise of teaching English. And like some, some of them, have not, they don't know grammar really well, in my opinion. They maybe shouldn't be doing that, but they go. Okay. So, so I'm just kidding. What, what if I took my job, and really this was a shift that, that happened for me. I, I needed to see my job as I'm an IT manager at this company. That's just the reason I'm, I, that's the, the, the stated reason I'm there. Why I'm really there is to minister to the people 
that I work with, both above me, my staff, the people that are downstream, upstream, every, every person I interact with, I'm there to minister to, to communicate Christ. That's a totally different mindset. Yeah, there's one scripture, one scripture here, Colossians. Why don't you read that? You're talking about how that's the one scripture that kind of, you know, was challenging for you at one point. Right, right. So I, I don't know how you guys, do you guys get this verse often said to you? And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance where you serve the Lord Christ in your job. I, every time I heard that verse, I hated that verse. I was just like, they're not you, okay? They, they're screwing it up. <laughs> you know, they're making a mess. And, okay, I'm going to try and do this like I'm serving you, you know? And I, I don't know. Probably shouldn't do show of hands. How many of you stink at that, right? I'm terrible at that. I was terrible at that. And uh, through the process of growth and maturity and what God has done in my life and understanding this shift that you're we're talking about in the series i was able to realize that really what it is is that i need to come to work and i need to come to work in a in a way in a mindset that says god called me to serve people and i'm i'm serving these people and i'm going to help them and i'm going to minister to them and i'm going to help them grow i'm going to help them succeed and those things, and as I am doing that, I am doing that as an, unto the Lord because that's my job. That's the job God gave me to do. And I'm an IT manager, but my whole focus is on serving others, helping them be successful so that they can reach their goals and I can gain the influence to be able to pray with them, to help them see that I, I'm here for them. Just a simple thing, Eric. When I talk to people, when I get a call or whatever, the first thing I ask them is, how are you doing? They IM me. I, you know, hey, Robert, quick question. Hey, man, how are you? I communicate to each person that I care about them because I do. And I want them to grow in that relationship with Christ. So this whole verse took on a new meaning for me. In serving because Christ calls us to serve others. Yeah, and I can feel the pushback. Like, well, yeah, Paul was talking to church in, in Colossae there, and, and, but he doesn't know my boss. He doesn't know my coworkers. <laughs> right, right. If he knew them, like, no, that, right. would, that wouldn't apply. Right. But here Paul is, and, and Paul and Peter, we see the disciples, they were in some really tough environments uh, where they were oppressed and they were um, um, in prison for what they believed. And in these moments is when they would say, no, no, don't forget. You know, God puts those authorities in place. Don't, don't, don't forget. If you do what I'm asking you to do, do your role, he'll take care of the other details. He'll help you out with that. But here's the challenge we have as, as, as people, I think, is what, what culture has, has told us, and we've kind of grow, grow up believing, is there's these two components to our life. There's these, and the Greeks gave us this, this worldview. It's this, it's, there's this there's secular and there's a sacred. So the sacred is like this higher level of, of living where it has to do with the spiritual, eternal, unchanging realms of God and heaven. It's so like that's, that's spiritual. It's like praying, reading the Bible, going to church. That's mm-hmm. a higher realm. Mm-hmm. And then the secular would be a lower realm where things that pertain just to the physical, temporal things, things on earth with, to do with humans. And that's, that's separate. And what's really, really sad is throughout history, even like some of the church fathers, they would say like, yeah, let's categorize these things and work. Well, that kind of falls in the, in the lower realm of just being secular. And the problem with that is that's not what the Bible teaches. 
Uh, the Bible teaches us that actually everything we do is important. Not, there's not just some specific things that are important and other things not as important. saying everything you do, like Paul says in Romans, take everything you do and offer that to God. And what happens with the change our mindset, because sometimes we think, hey, this is important. This is, you know, um, be, being involved with the church, volunteering, like that's God's stuff. But at work, you know, I'm just organizing papers. I'm just filing right. whatever. I'm right. creating a, a new computer language. I'm, I'm just making phone calls. And we begin to limit that and think like it's just that. But it couldn't be possible that where you're at is actually where God wants you. And could it be possible that there's people around you that are missing and looking for something more in life, and the reason he's put you there is because you're supposed to be some salt and some light, and you're supposed to be there as an example to be able to rub off on them and to add value and to elevate the room. And see, when we see correctly and we realize like everywhere we're at God can use, we begin to look for opportunities to add value. And when we don't see it correctly, we're like you 20 years ago or however long, the manager, where, man, she's just trying to make my, heart, my life difficult. She doesn't understand. You know? And if we, were, if we see it incorrectly, we actually miss opportunities um, to do that. There's another, another example um, of right. currently, right? Tell us oh, that. man. This happened like last week. So it's the same kind of thing. So, and what I'm talking about here in this illustration, Eric, is where it gets, it gets hard. So you have that situation where it's, there are certain things that it's just inappropriate to communicate at work that way. I mean, there, there are rules about how we should behave. And so um, in this particular situation, I had a, a coworker call me, and she's, um, she's upstream of me. So what she does, we work from to pass on to the next group. And she called me because I did something out of process. And process is a big deal for us in IT. We, we have to follow process. And, uh, and she called me and she said, basically, she said, hey, um, so I'm calling about this particular project. And uh, you know that you're doing, you're, you're moving on this particular thing and we're not done with it. And you know you're out of process, right? Yes, you do. That's what she said to me. Right. I was like, Mom? I mean, just, <laughs> who is this? I mean, I just, it blew me away that she would talk to me like that. And, and again, it's the situation, Eric, that, that I'm not, I, am, I am here representing Christ. This job is my ministry. Just like those people teaching English over there, God puts people in their path because he wants to win them for Christ. And I know this person well enough. I've worked with her for years. And I know she's gone through some hard times and some situations that she's been dealing with. I know all of those things. And I know my response. I know my response. I know what it has to be. Okay? Because the Bible says it's two man's honor to overlook an offense. So I didn't respond to that part. I didn't get offended and, and hurt. I just said, you're right. I am. I have to. And this is the situation. This was an audit finding, and I communicated to the VP that we were working on it because it has to get done because the general manager of the business is saying, I've got to have this in September. And I know that's frustrating for you. I know it's out of process, but this is what I have to do, right? What if, Eric, what if she, this is the difference that we could be, right? What if she was doing, not confusing sacred, sacred and and secular. What if she had called me and said, hey, Robert, you, I just want to talk to you about this project because you never go out of process. 
what's going on with this project that you would do that? Because you never do that. That would have been a totally different conversation, right? That's how I need to be. That's how I, I need to see past the work to the person. Yeah, that's good. Because we don't, we miss those opportunities and we begin to think like, this is just work, it's not that important. But we miss out really on what could be. And when we see it correctly, here's a better picture, right? So this is the sacred versus the secular. We have these two, world, two worlds that are kind of contrary to each other. This is, I think, where the New Testament explains how we should view life, right? This next one has a circle here of, of you get church, you get school, you get art, you get home, you get music, drama, sports, whatever that is in your life. You're, there's these spheres that we're in, right, that we have influence, some influence in that. We can influence others in these different spheres. It could be labor. It could be sex. It could be agriculture or medicine or business, whatever it is. You find yourselves in these different areas. It could be parenting. It could be at a school, teaching as a student, whatever. And so the idea is this. When you're in that sphere – all right, God wants us to, to redeem and use um, uh, what we have in our hands to be able to help people experience his, his love, experience his grace. And so we're either doing one of two things. All right? We're either helping that, that sphere of influence that we have to move in harmony towards God's right. design, which would be a good thing. Or we could take it and move it away from God's design where it's, where it's in conflict and that becomes a bad thing. That becomes evil. And so any of these different areas of life, sometimes we think, well, they're just separated. It really doesn't matter. That doesn't affect anybody else. No, it does. And when we take that, those things and we begin to move them away from God, we're actually um, um, treating it in the opposite of what God wants us to. But rather, what it would look like if on a Monday we went in, instead of dreading it, we'd go in and say, all right, what, what, what if I looked at this Monday a little differently? What if I looked at this as an opportunity to serve? What if I looked at this opportunity to add value? Uh, what if I asked the right question? Because when you resp- how we respond is, is huge. Like that, that coworker of his, the way she said it was like, let's fight, right? But if you go in responding that same way, it's going to be a fight. Uh, but if you go in saying, because imagine if Robert would have said like, "Oh yeah," he could have been the at that moment he could have became the um, what was it, thirteen percent, sixty percent? Yeah. Where 20, he's 20. like, "Oh yeah, well, we'll see who's fired by next week, right?" Right. And then in a couple of weeks, where he's like, "You know, I should invite that lady to church." She's like, "Hey, you want to come to church with me?" He's like, "Go to church with you? I'm going to show you what I think about you, you know, and show some." Different hand signals, and <laughs> gestures, and some words yes. would come with it. Yeah, that would have been you, you good. Would, you would blow your opportunity right. to ever add value in that person's life again. Ever. Um, and looking back, I mean, that's the difference between when we talked about your manager in the past. You didn't see her as a person. You saw her as an authority figure that was just trying to make your life hard. Right. Um, where this person, now you're saying, she's a person. Right. And she might be going through something really difficult. We never know. Right. What would it look like if we went in each week just going in that way? Right, because I, I didn't understand the pressure. Now that I'm an IT manager... I understand the pressure that she was under, the pressure she was getting from people above her. I had no concept of that as a developer, yeah. none. And if I had tried, come alongside her, tried to understand where she's coming from, so why, why are we trying to do it this way? Why are you saying this? And, and tried to understand how I could then help her be successful and say, okay, well, I'm, we still can't really do that part, but can we do it this way? And, and to and bring the team, the team would have followed me at that point to come alongside her to make things better for us if I if I considered her as a person. Yeah. Or you build situation. little you build segments in your in your workplace yeah. and now it's us against them and it's yeah. we're right, it they're was wrong. Bad. It creates yeah, dynamic. You know, throughout the Bible, if you look at the Bible over and over, there's different characters uh, that God uses. He said, This is your assignment, go do it. And if we look at the assignment, we're thinking, Man, that's tough and they only made a really small impact. But they did what God wanted them to, and, and they were going to be rewarded large for that because they did what he asked. And there's other people. I think Jesus is probably the, the best example we could look at. 
He was so focused with his life. This is the thing I love about Jesus the most, is he understood his purpose. Over and over, he said, these are the things, like um, some of the different miracles he did, the healing at the pool. Right, the pool of Bethesda. That's one of my favorite one, things from a, from a work perspective. Okay, so maybe you haven't, don't remember the story, but it's, it's where Jesus goes into the pool of Bethesda. Now, this is the pool where um, if the, the angels stirred the water, if you had any kind of ailment or physical issue, if you could get into the water while it's still being stirred, you'd be healed. Okay, and evidently they had enough healings there. It was a thing. So the place is full of people lame and etc. So, so Jesus comes to, to this man and he says to, says to him, do you want to be healed? And the man's response basically is, I can't get into the pool in time. I have no one to help me by the, when the water gets stirred. By the time I can get there, it's, it's too late. Right? So a lot of us at work have people like that. And our response to them is, well, did you plan? Did you get anybody here? I mean, certainly you've had time. You're how old? You know, you could have scheduled some people, get some. I mean, and why are you over here? I mean, if you just leave your arm in, get closer. I mean, right? Isn't that the response that we have with people at work sometimes? I know I've been like that. But Jesus does something different. He sees past the man, past that situation. He doesn't even respond to that. He just says, well, how about now? Pick up your mat and walk. And the, the guy takes him at his word, he gets up, and, and he's healed in that moment. Because Jesus demonstrated for us in that, Eric, that if we will see past the work to the person and focus on the fact that, that Jesus was there to do his father's business, and that was to minister to people, to demonstrate the love of, of God to them, and to ultimately save us all. That's good. And that's how people in our world are. They're looking for something more. This is, guys, a good picture of just saying, I need something in my life that's more. I can't get it. I can't figure it out. What if you're that person to help them figure that out? What if you're the one that got put in the workplace just for that person so you could be aware mm-hmm. and open to say, how can I be, be help this? There's another story where Jesus, he approaches a, a Samaritan woman and, uh, at, at a well, and they have this conversation uh, about her lifestyle and what she's doing. And in the middle of it, God, Jesus is, is, is showing up in a, in a very vulnerable moment with this woman. Um, and he, he has this dialogue, this conversation, that gets down to the heart of it. And essentially says, you're looking in the wrong areas for, for the fulfillment. You've been looking for guys your whole life. It's not going to come through guys. It's going to come through something different. And he has this conversation with her. And after the conversation is done, his disciples come back and they see him talking, which is kind of strange because he's talking to a woman. And at, at that, a Samaritan woman, culture that would have been a little like taboo and kind of like, this is not really right. But they're trying to figure it out. And they come and say, are you hungry? And this is a response to him. In John 4, 34, after this, this dialogue with this woman, Jesus says, no, I'm not hungry. And they say, well, what do you mean? Did you, have, did, did you eat already? And then he's like, no. He says, my food is doing the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Like Jesus was so in the moment that he said, you know what? I'm finding fulfillment and nourishment by doing what God's asked me to do. And in the workplace, I promise, if you have this worldview of saying, God, how, how can I make a difference? When you have those encounters, you actually leave saying, I did exactly what I was supposed to do today. Like, this is fulfilling. And all of a sudden, your, your job and what you're getting paid for is not even the real reason you're there. Jesus said when, when he was younger, he even had this idea. He says, he tells parents, don't you know I'll be about my father's business? Like, you, you're, you're missing it. Like, he had this awareness of saying, no, no, what I'm doing, there, there's something more. I'm getting paid for this, but my real job 
is doing my father's business. And so whatever you're getting paid for, that might be your role, what you're getting paid, your responsibility there. But your, your job is figuring out how can I bring heaven to earth? How can I move that sphere of influence towards God? Maybe just one step every week, every day. What would that look like? This week, instead of dreading it, you go in saying, how can I add value to others? What can I do for this? So let's look at that stat one more time. 13% meant that they're good with their work. 63% are unhappy with their job. 24 people hate their job. So where do you land in there? What if you begin to look at this a little differently? What, what, what could happen there? Um, what would change if you change your perspective? When you show up, well, tomorrow we have Labor Day, so that's very appropriate, right? Right. Some, some time off. Right. But on Tuesday, if you're off tomorrow on Tuesday, what would that look like if instead of dreading it, you went in saying, what can I do today? How can I be prepared? And we're going to give you some more tools to figure out how to do this over the next few weeks. But today I'm just, my challenge is what, what would happen? Because I think the truth is this. We think too little of the ordinary moments in our days. We just think, you know, it's not that significant. Yeah. And the truth is that conversation, mm-hmm. that, that, that relationship, that care for others is going to make a big difference. And what if that person in your workplace, right, that you helped find, the, find God, find his plan for life, eventually led some, somebody from another nation, right, to Christ, and they go home, and they, they are able to, to share, share Christ with their whole country because they, they fit, their, their language fits and mm-hmm. they, can, they understand the culture. Well, you led one person, and they led maybe 500 or 1,000 or a million. You're, you're part of that journey. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we think it's just one person. No, that one person can be a whole generation. You never know the kinds of people that God will use. Um, Billy Graham, um, other evangelists that came, they, they, there was a, just a person teaching Sunday school. I can't say just teaching Sunday. Their role was to teach Sunday schools as some boys. And they were faithful in that, and they were able to lead these guys to the Lord who made a big impact. Sometimes we think it's just, it's just, a, right. just a role, just a job, just whatever. So I guess the question really is, Rob, for us is this. What business are you really in? Mm-hmm. What business are you really in? At work, is it? Is it punching the clock? Is it just getting a paycheck? Or is there something greater happening? Jesus would say, I'm about my father's business. And that's what he's calling us to. So if you're here and you're not a Christian, I would say this. This series would help you maybe begin to see a little differently in your workplace of saying, what if we looked the long term and not just said, I'm just here for a check. I'm just here. But looked over time and says, how can I maybe make a difference? How can I make the environment better? Because we know. You say this health-wise reasons, you know, right. why, why it's important to be in a good work environment. Right. All the health stuff. You could, you, there's all the studies for um, now uh, cortisol, which is one of the hormones or whatever in your body, um, how it affects. Uh, it's produced from stress and how that affects your health, et cetera. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm in an office full of people, and, you know, we, I, I, the people are significantly overweight. And, they, and it, you can just see that it's work. It's, it's the stress they're under and, and trying to fight these battles and deal with all the stuff that's going on. And, and it's, it's, um, it's a bad situation for a lot of people. So if we, can, if we turn that, if we, we take on this mindset and realize that I can create the culture I want to work in by being about my father's business that my my situation improves. My stress levels go down significantly. And I begin to impact other people for Christ. And I begin to help other people have better days and better situations. And, and I gain that sense of fulfillment that I've never had in my job that I have now because my, my whole focus, my mindset has changed. Yeah. That's good. So um, as we wrap this up, you know, you're all wondering what in the world this is. Thank Every you. year, Robert, um, he, he, um, he does a phenomenal job raising funds for Bike for Light. 
Uh, he leads all of our team in raising the most money, and that's part of why we do it. And so we had to give him a little gift, but there's a purpose to this gift. We knew he was going to speak in today. And for this series, what we want to do is we want to try to help create some, some reminders in your life. Because, you know, on Monday you go in like, this could be awesome. And then Monday afternoon it's like, you know, the arguments happen, all those things. You're like, this is sucks. You know, it's not good. And then Tuesday happens, and Wednesday, sometimes we, we, it diminishes. So my, mm-hmm. my goal for this series is that we're going to be able to set up some reminders and help. So we thought we'd give you a little reminder. Um, so when you have those moments where you get that yeah. conversation, Am that I phone call. Am I supposed to open yeah, this open right up, now? Yeah, open up. It would be great. And so, this can't, did Sincerity have anything to do with this? She did. Sincerity's this, pretty awesome. This can't be good. Oh, wait. Let me change my attitude. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I am opening this as unto the Lord. So really, the real challenge for us is to see our role, our responsibility, um, as God wants us to see it. You're there for a reason. And if you will trust him, if you're in a wrong role, he'll help you get a different job. He'll help you get a different role. If you're in that, that position where you hate it, man, pray and ask God, help me find a new one. Keep going. I'll, I'll just keep talking as you, as you open up. But what is that? What is that role that you have? Parents, you have an important role. Students, you have an important role. Don't think of it just as work. Think of it as an opportunity to be able to lead towards the future. All those different things, that, uh, um, different roles that God's put me in has always led me to something greater, to learn more. And whenever I didn't learn, good, everybody's interested. Made for Mondays. There it is. A little reminder. The Grove. <laughs> so he's going to be at work, and that lady's going to be like, hey, what's made for Mondays? She's like, well, remember that time you <laughs> sent me that, that, that email that was pretty nasty? You called me. This is, a, this is a reminder that I'm supposed to love you no matter, not no matter what, but to love you despite right. those things. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, but we need these in our lives, and uh, we're going to be helping along this series to be able to do that. But really, mm-hmm. the challenge is this. It's, it's what, what business are you really in? When you're parenting your kids, really, what are you doing here? When you're working, what are you really doing? Now? What does God want to do in you and through you? Um, and the times that I missed it and had the wrong perspective, I had to reface that lesson over and over because it's, it was painful. Yeah. And the second time, it's more painful. And the third time, it's more painful. And so it's learning to say, okay, instead of hitting my hand with the nail over and over, I'm going to my, my, my thumb with the hammer over and over. I'm going to change what I'm doing and see it a little differently and uh, learn how to do, do this. So here's, here's my challenge for today. Uh, would you make a masterpiece of your week? Start on Monday. This week, I guess, it might be on a Tuesday if you're off tomorrow, which is great. But rest up. Be ready. And we'll talk about the next couple of weeks what even that looks like, to rest, to be able to approach the week correctly. But, but make a masterpiece of your week. See this week as an opportunity to add value to others. What would it look like if you went in to your job and you said, today I'm going to make a difference. Today I'm going to look for those opportunities to just build a relationship, to show some care, show some concern, maybe not let my emotions get the best of me, maybe control my response. Because the truth is we can't control anything anybody else does. Right. If you have a bad boss, you can't control that person no matter what you do. And by trying to control them, it will actually make it worse. But you can control your response. Instead of lashing out, instead of getting angry, you can say, what's the right appropriate response here? Right. What can I do in this situation? And I promise if you begin to learn that self-control and you ask God to help you, he'll fix the situation. He always does. He changes it so you can have a greater impact and help you on this journey if you'll trust him and, and let him lead. So that's my challenge. Let's make a masterpiece of our week. In these next four weeks as we talk about this, would you lean in and say, all right, what would this look like for September? Imagine, imagine what would happen in Santa Fe, wherever we're at, whatever government office, even, even the, the, the DMV, right? People begin to say, I love my job. I, I'm made for Mondays. What would that look like? You have a, like a, an environment begin to elevate and look a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts with somebody. It starts with you. It starts with me. And so my challenge is that. 
So, Robert, thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome, for man. Me today. Appreciate it. Welcome. Thanks thank for having for me. Thank for your gifts. Appreciate it. You're welcome. If you're here today, we're going to wrap up the service by giving an opportunity. So we talked a lot about what does it look like to have God help us on this journey. And some of you are in this room, and, and maybe you've never invited God to help you on the journey. Today, I would love to invite you into, into the beginning stages, the beginning steps of saying, okay, I think I want to try that. What would that look like if I let God be a part of my life? See, because the truth is, um, like that man that was at the pool, all of us are looking for, for different things to fill our life at different times. And really, only God has the answer for your life. And he's the only answer you'll ever find that will bring fulfillment. You could try earning as much money as you want, but at some point, that's not going to be enough. You've got to say there's something more. There's fulfillment if you'll trust me. And so today, if you're here, we've been talking about this, but you're not quite uh, following Christ yet. You're not, you're not uh, letting him lead. Today, I would love to change that for you, help you change that by inviting you just to, to lead you in a prayer to take that first step towards him. See, the Bible says that if, if we confess our, our inadequacies, our sin, if we confess our issues to him and let him know, like, all right, I messed up here. He says he hears that, he responds, and he forgives us. And if we'll let him lead and we call him Lord and we begin to let him direct our lives, then, then we get this, this partner, this friendship with God that leads us on this journey. But it's a, it's a heart decision that says, God, I want you to be in front. I want you to lead. I want you to help me on this journey. So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we uh, give an opportunity for those that are in this room that have never taken that step or maybe you've walked away and you need God to lead. You need some help. You relate to what was said today and you're saying, I, I, I want God to help me on this journey. If that's you today, would you do me a favor? Just let me know by lifting your hand. I'm not going to call you to the front. Awesome. See some hands going up. I'm going to call you to the front. Just lead you in a prayer right there in your seat. It starts off with a decision saying, God, I want relationship with you. I need you. I need your help. Awesome. Anybody else? Some more opportunity? That's you. I'm here. God, I, I want to give my life to you. Awesome. For all you raise your hand, um, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just repeat after me. And if you're Christ following this room, would you, would you join in praying with them so they're not praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, I acknowledge that I need your help. Forgive me of my choices that have led me away from you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross in my place so I could have life. And I believe Jesus is alive today to help me on this journey. So I invite you, God, into my life. Lead me and guide me. I put my trust in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that raise their hand? I said quite a few hands go up.